You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's spotlight Ezekiel Elliott, other top stories around the league with a good friend of the program, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Frank, as always, we appreciate the time. Let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. The hit last night was legal, but as you watch Monday Night Football, did you think it was borderline dirty? I, you know, it's just it's hard because... I can't sit here and say that a guy diving at an unsuspecting receiver's knees isn't dirty, but I get it. Like, uh, you know, what's he supposed to do at that point? He's kind of lunging. Either he hits Odell Beckham low or he doesn't hit him at all. So DBs they have a really, really tough time. They do. And, and, and Ben McAdoo talked about this after the game. You know, what do you, you can't hit him high. You're, you're trying to aim for this really, really small target zone. I can see why people would think it was cheap and dirty because I kind of kind of thought that way too, but at the other case i do see it's it's a very very tough position to put these safeties in frank when you look at how the rules have changed where guys are targeting players when it comes to hitting um we've probably as of lately because of the 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 hitting in too high of an area uh has become such an issue to where you may have seen over the years probably more blown out knees than we've ever seen in the history of the game because of that what we saw last night with Odell Beckham was really scary, I think, for many, because one, he's one of our marquee receivers in the game, and let alone he's right on the border, on the borderline of maybe getting a, a new deal. Do you think yeah, marquee players? Do you think marquee players should be taken out of the preseason because of of what we saw last night? You know, it's really tough. I mean, you know this as well as anybody. You kind of need that time, at least as the players say, you need it to to get into the flow. We've seen guys skip the preseason before and then come out slow. Adrian Peterson comes to mind of a guy who always kind of seems to start slow because he doesn't get any preseason reps. But then, you know, I mean, the Giants season legitimately is over if Odell Beckham's knee planted a little bit differently last night. So I don't know. I have no idea how to answer that. These coaches have such a tough job to figure out what's the balance between getting my guys the right amount of carries and catches and then just playing time versus I don't want to overexpose them to injury, and they're always going to get second-guessed if there is an injury, uh, but they're also going to get second-guessed if you know you don't play any of your starters in the preseason and you start 0-3. So I honestly don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I think you can argue it both ways. I think these guys do need some preseason, but you, you just hold your breath the whole time hoping there's no major injury. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Frank, we know that Jerry Jones is one of the most quotable individuals in all of sports. So what do you make of the fact that he has said virtually nothing since we all found out that Ezekiel Elliott will be suspended for the first six games of the regular season pending his appeal? Oh, I think he's upset. <laughs> he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. I also wonder if Jerry knows that the appeal's coming. You know, you don't want to... You don't want to make this a bigger story than it is before the appeal. Almost like, in a very weird way, you know, lawyers aren't supposed to talk about cases in the media while they're, while they're ongoing or before. Maybe he wants to make sure that his guy gets as fair of a trial, so to speak, as he can, even though that's not really the case when the NFL's hearing it after giving out the, the punishment. But you got to assume he's upset about it. I mean, he didn't. He was very vocal beforehand, saying, I don't think there's anything to this. I don't think there's any suspension at all. And then he gets six games. So... It'll be interesting. What, Jerry can't hold his tongue too long. He's going to talk at some point. Maybe it's even after the appeal. And I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. Brock Osweiler, do you think he becomes the starter of the Cleveland Browns? And if so, does it last throughout the entire season? 
Yeah, I, I think that he does because just the way Hugh said it last night, Hugh Jackson, the Browns coach, basically said, hey, I've made my decision. I've seen enough. Well, then it's doubtful to me that he's already seen enough from Kaiser to give him the starting job. And Kessler's playing really late in the game, so I don't think it's him. So just based on that, I think it's got to be Osweiler unless Hugh throws us a curve a curveball there, but I can't imagine Brock. I'll put it this way. I don't see there any chance of being Brock last thing this season because one of the well, – we don't assume the Cleveland Browns are going to be good, especially if Brock Osweiler is a certain quarterback. And one of the things the Cleveland Browns have to do this year, they have to figure out if Deshaun Kaiser is good. They have to know that going into next year's draft when there's going to be a lot of good quarterbacks here, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, a lot of good quarterbacks next year, and the Cleveland Browns need to go into that draft with a clear understanding of is Deshaun Kaiser our franchise quarterback. So they got to give them starts this year. They, they simply have to. Now is that week four? Is it week eight? Is it week 12? I don't know that, but at some point we're going to see Deshaun Kaiser. Taking you around the league with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Frank, every August there are certain football traditions like who's going to go from worst to first, win the division? We've seen it 13 the last 14 years. Let me try a different framework. What do you think is the most competitive division in all of football? To me, it's the AFC West. I, you, you can make a good argument for the NFC East. You can make a good argument for the NFC South, actually, which I think might be the most fun division. I think we're going to see some some crazy pinball games in that division. But the AFC West, boy, I can make an argument for any one of those four teams winning the division. I can make an argument for any one of those four teams finishing in dead last. I, th- that's how good the division is. I think that the Chargers are much better in a record last year, and they're going to be better as you know, as long as the move and playing in that weird soccer stadium doesn't affect them. Uh, the Broncos, I think, are they got the defense. I'm not sure they have a quarterback. And then you get the Chiefs, the Raiders. This is a really, really good division. And I mean, just go look at the Broncos' schedule sometime. The Broncos have basically 15 hard games when they play the Jets once. So that's what happens when you play in the AFC West. You're getting a tough out every single week. And I, those games are just going to be brawls. And, and whoever comes out of that division, honestly, might be one of the one of the best teams in football. Might have a ten and six record just because those teams are just going to beat each other up. Jared Goff, as of lately, he's really come on and and, and look as if he's now an NFL quarterback. Last year, let's just say he was a deer in headlights, but right now he's nineteen of twenty four, being able to throw one touchdown in the last two games. How impressed are you? Uh, of, of of Jared Goff and how he's actually come along so far in these last two preseason games. Yeah, pretty impressed. I, I mean, I was down on Goff, but I always held the door open to maybe this co- the coaching staff last year was so bad that it just didn't give him a fair shot. And that's kind of what we're seeing, right? They they go to like a 21st century coaching staff with Sean McVay, and Sean McVay is, did wonders for Kirk Cousins. And now it seems like he's doing the same for Jared Goff. Now, I, you know, I've been fooled before by, wow, this guy looks great in August, and then September rolls around and he falls apart. So I don't know if that's going to happen to Goff, but at least if you're a Rams fan, you know, three weeks ago you were probably like, uh-oh, uh, do we got a bust here? Or is this, is this guy going to turn into anything? And right now you feel a little confident. You feel like, wow, Jared Goff has shown something. He, he looks like a number one overall pick finally. Maybe there's something here. And so I think if you're the Rams, you feel – very, very good about the way the last two weeks have gone. We'll see what happens after this, but there are some signs of light from Jared Goff. That's really, really good. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Frank, how concerned are you, and how concerned should fans in Indy be that now we're approaching 
deep into the month of August and still no Andrew Luck coming back from the shoulder injury. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point where it would be a surprise if he played week one, right? Like, we're how many days are we out? Uh, 19 days until the opener? That's not a lot of time to get ready. I mean, and this is a franchise guy. You're not going to rush him in. So let's say he starts throwing tomorrow in practice. So he just comes back off the PUP. He's practicing again. That doesn't give him still a lot of time to get ready for the season. So I think week one is looking like a pipe dream for Andrew Luck. They got a tough game at the Rams week one we just talked about. Wade Phillips' defense against Scott Pauline. That's going to get ugly. It's just now if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you're asking yourself, well, is he ready by week two? Is he ready by week four? Is it PUP time? He's out the first six games. I, it's it's tough because I I thought Andrew Luck would be back by now, but obviously this isn't. They're they're playing it very safe with him. They don't want to risk anything with the franchise quarterback, which is smart. But it also means that for the beginning of the season, either you're going to rush Andrew Luck back for week one, or he's not going to be there week one. One of those two things has to happen. So yeah, I wouldn't count down Andrew Luck for week one at least right now. In Pittsburgh, I know James Conner had. Pretty much a, a very good game. Caught Coach Mike Tomlin off guard, uh, being able to rush 20 rushes for 98 yards in that game against the Falcons. Never had a chance to see him play uh, uh, with this type of strength because of his condition that he's gotten over with cancer. Uh, but Le'Veon Bell, uh, he's not around. Do you think James Conner can actually fill in temporarily until they figure out what they're going to do with Le'Veon Bell? It's interesting because it's Le'Veon Bell. I mean, James Conner might be a very good running back, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. That's the problem. I think that, you know, if if Conner goes in there and does a a fair job, well, that's good. I mean, that's that's awesome for him as a rookie especially, but you're replacing maybe the best running back in the NFL if that happens. I don't know. I I assume Le'Veon Bell's going to come into camp either after the third preseason game or after the fourth. I think he'll be ready to play week one and will play week one. But you wonder, I mean, last year he played – it seemed like he played about 95% of the snaps. I don't even think that's an exaggeration. I do think he played just about all the time for the Steelers. You wonder if Mike Tomlin's going to say, well, we, we saw some good things out of Connor in the preseason. We maybe cut Le'Veon back to 80%, 75% to make sure he doesn't get hurt off of this, uh, you know, off of his holdout. I, I think that would be smart. And now they have the confidence in Connor that if they want to go that route, they could. And, and they're, they're not going to lose a ton in the offense, I don't think. But it's still the Le'Veon Bell, and, uh, compared to anybody, is going to be a downgrade. Frank, great information as always. Thanks for giving us a few minutes again today here on the NFL on TuneIn. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.